Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. And today I've got best-selling author Dr. Patrick Flynn on to talk about some health solutions your doctor might not be sharing with you. We talk sleep, gallbladders, and all things in between. You'll get to meet him right after this. Okay, let's turn our attention right now to September, cooler temperatures. Kids are back in school. And what are you going to do? You are going to finally replace that flooring that they tore up over the summer because that carpet is nasty or whatever it is. And you're going to go to Akles Carpet One, one of the three locations, and replace it. In fact, you can do it in the amount of time sometimes when the kids are at school. The the, the folks at Akles Carpet One, the installers are so efficient. They came to my home, removed the carpet, uh, laid down the new carpet. Guys, it took one day and they had a lot to do, but their team comes in, the professionals that they are with installation and what they have in selection. Nobody beats Akles when it comes to price. That's why if you're not going to shop there, you want to spend more money then because he beats the big box store prices, he meaning Richard Akel, and his family who's there who can take care of you. So check out what they have. Go to their website. Uh, you can really do a lot of shopping there and then come to town. Come see us. The three locations, those of you outside of Arkansas, we'd love to meet you because these are friendly folks who will take care of your project as if it were their own. com. This is an all-important message for my people over 40 who are at risk for osteoporosis or osteopenia. That could be those of you with light eyes, Asian descent, thyroid patients. Yes, sometimes thyroid patients, if you're over-replaced long-term, it could jeopardize your bones. There's a facility in central Arkansas that can help. It's just a 15-minute visit once a week to help strengthen your bones. It isn't a gym, but it's OsteoStrong. OsteoStrong offers a 100% natural, non-pharmaceutical, you know, I'm all about, based way to fight low bone density. I've been a couple of times, I'll update you my progress, but it's a session where you're guided by a coach, takes you through the four machines that published science has shown has increased average T-scores in women over 55 by going just once a week for nine months. OsteoStrong has been around more than a decade, just opened in Little Rock in the promenade. The Google reviews are great. It's not covered by insurance, but HSA might cover it. Ask about it. But tell them Lisa Fisher sent you and you'll get half off the one-time sign-up fee. Find out more at osteostrong501.com or go to the show notes. Let's get stronger bones together at osteostrong. She won most talkative in high school and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. All right, Dr. Flynn, I'm a big stan. That's what the kids call it when you're a follower of something. And it's of your social media because you tell it like it is when it comes to health. As a chiropractor, what gave you this alternative bend? Not really alternative, but sensible using common sense to um, address our health issues. What started that with you? Um, my own personal journey. And it would, the only thing that really separates some of the things that I'm doing compared to like conventional medicine, uh, I, th- I think they both have a purpose, but you have to approach it with a different way of thinking. You know, uh, for example, you know, I've created the example to where I talk about how can we differentiate the thinking that way. And I've always said, hey, listen, and if I can perpetuate these ideas and let people have these ideas think in their head a little bit, it makes common sense. But then on top of it, it gives them some practical views to actually take care of their own health. And let me give you an example. I've always said that if we if we view healthcare from two standpoints, I think we can answer the questions of what route we need to take. And I believe that majority of people have very simple common sense to actually direct their own health. But when they are used for fear and manipulation and things like that and confusion, people don't know what to do. So I said, listen, if I can come up with an example to give people some good guidance, it doesn't matter if it's COVID, it doesn't matter if it's hormone problems, it doesn't matter if it's if it's cancer, they're gonna be able to have, make some choices themselves. 
And I said, listen, if we can give the example, because I love analogies, I think one of the greatest things that have happened to detriment to patients is we've walked into doctor's office, they seem like they're really smart, but you leave and you're so confused, but you just think they're an expert, so you just listen to them. So I didn't want to take that route. I said, listen, I'm going to create analogies and things like that, that people can actually have a wonderful way of, of logically walking through this. And then if they do walk through it, it'll be by their own choice. It won't be by fear, manipulation, and control. So I said, listen, let's, let's classify you know, medicine like the fire department, okay? Um, we know that if somebody has a big house fire, the fire department is the best professional to show up. They're gonna use their tools, axes and hoses to put it out. But during the process of putting out that fire, they do cause some destruction. But thank God if they get there on time and do their job, they save the house. But through the process of saving the house, there's destructive things that happen and you, yeah. can, never, you yeah. can never stay in the house and live there until it was rebuilt. Well, guess what happens? You're gonna call a different professional at the same house and that's a carpenter. A carpenter is going to walk in and even though it's talking about the same house, the fire department's going, man, look at, I saved your house. But the carpenter has a different perspective, a different way of thinking going, it's a wreck in here. I need to bring in all this good raw material to rebuild and actually get your house back to normal. And they both have two different ways of thinking approaching the same house, but they're both needed during specific situations. For example, let's relate that to healthcare now. If somebody has a heart attack and stroke right now, thank God that we that your house just caught on fire and we do have a system like drugs or surgery, axes and hoses to put it out. But there is destructive processes that happen while they're trying to even save your life. They even know it, that's why they, quote, they have side effects. Now the idea is this, and let's say the doctors did a wonderful job, thank God we have great surgeons and great uh, people that do save lives in different emergency rooms. But then here's what happens. People that did a great job of stopping the house from burning down, but you still have a burnt up house. And you may be able to go on and, and have your house go on, but you're going to continue to rot. And so a carpenter doctor, somebody like me needs to come and say, how to rebuild this? What do we need to do? Huh. Yeah. And so what happens is I said, listen, so I can respect medicine from a standpoint of saving lives, but I just can't believe that you can build a house with an ax and a hose. There's no way that you can make a body healthy, which was what everybody wants from a drug or surgery. So therefore I just said, listen, I'm not going to try to, put anybody's fire out or stop them from dying with an herb or an adjustment or anything natural. But I, but guess what happens? But they can't rebuild the house either, but I can. So that's where the big difference is. So I said, listen, we need fire department doctors and we need carpenter doctors. I just decided to build a whole healthcare realm around being a carpenter type doctor. And that's why a lot of people that are searching for health, they make sense to them because they start to study health instead of studying fires cancer, heart disease, diabetes, which are all preventable, just like most fires are preventable. Yes. If you get, if lightning strikes your house, if you get hit by a car, there's, you could be the healthiest person in the world. You're going to need some drugs or surgery, but see this dominant form of healthcare being fire department healthcare, especially the last three years has perpetuated thinking. And the only way they can get you to do it is by fear, manipulation and censorship. Cause the majority of people are very logical and will make the right choice. If there isn't fear, manipulation and, and force into it. Fear mongering has made people make decisions in the last three years that I never were even thought were possible. Yeah. And without trying to get shadow banned on a platform, I think uh, anyone would know um, in what direction I mean that. But it also comes. So women really are sometimes at the mercy of these providers, because as uh, as I'm a health coach, I obviously do not give medical advice. Yep. But people come to me and say, you know, if this were you, what would I what would you do? And for example, women in my age group of postmenopausal women who will have maybe vaginal bleeding, yep. which is a little bit of a concern and alarm. Yep. It's not the fire. The yep. house isn't on fire. It's just something to look at. Could be just need it could be a fibroid or whatever. But when they go to their provider, the provider says, Oh, we've got to do a procedure. You've got to go in. You've got to have a a DNC or whatever procedure they do at that point. I don't know because though it happened to me, I didn't have the procedure because yep. I let nature run its course with progesterone. Yep. But it's always an urgency. This is what I resent about medical care right now or for so, so many is the urgency. Dr. Thomas Seafried said it too with the cancer diagnosis. It's this urgency. You have to decide tonight. Yep. And that's what I wish that people would just, maybe they need to peruse your social media because you talk about just about every topic, you know, known to man. Yep. But what, so let's talk about one of the things you just recently posted about, and it's about gallbladders and gallstones. That's another thing that uh, women, especially I'm in the intermittent fasting community, people yep. will lose weight. Sometimes they might get some gallstones from it, right? Yep. 
And then everybody's running out and ripping out their parts, which I want to have a bumper sticker that says, keep your parts. And everyone will know what we're talking about. Just keep your parts. So don't you see that there's sometimes your house is on fire. You've got gallstones. And it's really not. I mean, there may be a little warm in the kitchen, but your house isn't on fire. Address that. Yeah. So I can give you both scenarios. Um, being in practice for 24 years and and I have hundreds of doctors that work for me and clinics all over. So I have a lot of experience and also a lot of experience with uh, my doctors coming to certain situations. I can show you, and I said, so let's go to both extremes. I can show you a situation where I saw a film the other day where the gallstones were so large, they show up in an x-ray. That's a bad day. And so therefore, it's going to sound quite funny about this, is I said to him, I said, listen, they need surgery. They need to have it removed. Now, coming from me saying that, the patient's like, (laughs) that's something. Holy crap, because I'm trying to avoid that in every single way. But what I did say to that woman after I talked to her on the phone, because she was a patient of one of my doctors, okay, from actually in Florida. But I wanted to call her up because for me to say something like that, um, because remember, my job as a provider, just like you as a health coach, is you want the best for everybody. And I said to her, I said, listen, I said, how old are you? She's like 57. I said, do you have kids? Yep. Yeah. She goes, I even have grandkids. I said, can you do me a favor? Because you are have influence on the generations beyond you, can you do me a favor? And the things that I'm going to teach you, can you teach it to your, your, your daughter and your grandkids so they don't end up like you would do at 57 years old? Because we all try to blame things on genetics. It's not genetics. Because what happens is this, is once again, the genes respond. And yes, if you pass a gene on that will respond the same way, you just pass the bad habits that led you to have all those stones in the first place to your daughters and generations down because they habitually, we do follow family patterns. You know, you see that a lot yeah. in the South, okay? You know, telling a person not to eat certain things down South, but we need it for a long period of time. Yes, but you're sick and you're overweight. I think you should make some change, okay? But the idea yeah. is this. And so I looked at her. Now on the flip side, the majority of uh, gallbladder surgeries are done because there's a not education and understanding about the gallbladder. Because if you look at it this way, we, 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 we so downplay the role of the gallbladder because we think, it's, we think it's a storage unit. Now, that's one part of its job, but it's not the most important job. The most important job, it's a really a sensory organ. If you look at the neurological tissue that is within the gallbladder, um, why does it have so much neurological tissue? Because it's a sensory organ that says, hey, listen, there is, there is healthy fats or fats coming into my system that I now need, we need to recognize and release bile and therefore now can emulsify and break down those fats into short-chain fatty acids and other fats so now they can be used for building blocks of the body or even, or even energy sources. And if you remove that, now you take away the major sensory organ that does what? That says, I need to make sure these things get into our system. And so when they say that there's no negative side effects or you can live without it, that's really misleading because mm-hmm. taking away a sensory organ that recognizes that when something happens in the body and it all has to work synergistically, because now when it doesn't, the liver doesn't know when to uh, release bile into the system. So a lot of times the liver has to just dump it. So it dumps a ton of bile into the system. And next thing you know, there's, oh. re- there's a release of bile yes. and bile is like a slip inside. And yeah. if you look at them, one of the negative side effects of gallbladder surgery right. is anal leakage. Now, why? Right. Because if you dump a, a, an uncontrolled amount of bile within the, the small and large intestinal tract, guess what happens? Is now it will pass through and sometimes you will actually leave rectally because it slips right out. On the flip side, people do not realize this either. Bile is very antimicrobial. It keeps the small intestine from having a lot of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth from SIBO. When you have uncontrolled re- re- release of, of um, bile within the system, you can throw off your microflora. So that's why you see some post gallbladder uh, things, infections on a regular basis, because you get an imbalance of your normal flora because the liver just dumps out at inappropriate times. So really downregulating the importance of the gallbladder as a sensory organ. Yes, it does store bile. It knows what to do, but that's, boy, you really downplay the incredibleness of like the pancreas and the, and the appendix and all these things that they think that they can tell people to live without. I just think that's misleading. I think that's misleading the public. And I think that's not giving people the full information. And Duran, I believe I've personally seen hundreds of cases that need to be taken out. Now, it surprises people when I say that, but I said, my job yeah. as a doc is to guide you. And if all of a sudden they give you bad advice or a bad opinion, I'm going to give you an opinion based on going, okay, listen, what's the best for you? And then you have to make the choice, but it should be just a person's choice regardless. Well, it can be disease too. And that's what Mercola, when I, I first had a clogged duck about 10 years ago yep. and I was, this is before I was really informed yep. and I was sent to the surgeon and- you know, that there, I would not go any further than that point. But in understanding, that's when Mercola said to do the 
It was lemon juice and olive oil. Oh, and Epsom salts. Yep. I killed, you know, I, I knocked it back like I was at a bar, yep. you know. Absolutely. And then I I released everything from my gut. I mean, yep. for years, right? But I remember him saying that there is still a percentage that are diseased that yep. have to be attended to. So yep. that's probably what you're talking about. Yes. But when you're talking about SIBO, which I also think is pervasive, I'm, I just feel like I have some clients that are dealing with SIBO would and they have their gallbladders do you think it's a good idea i know this is not medical advice but for people to take ox bile even if they have a fully functioning gallbladder but they might have some SIBO well got to remember i would i would give a little different approach now let me let me give you an example okay um, one thing that causes the gallbladder to release a significant amount of bile not only is fats but also stomach acid See, if you ever look at it this way, the majority of people get this wrong when it comes to the function of the stomach. People will say, what is the function of the stomach? And the response right away is for digestion. Well, that's not really true. You don't need stomach acid to break down fatty acids. That's what the gallbladder and bile are for. You don't need, you don't okay. need it to break down carbohydrates. That's what the pancreas and certain enzymes are for. But you think of it this way. The majority, the main job of the stomach, which, yes, it does break down proteins. You do need that. But the main job of the stomach is to sterilize everything that comes in there. Sterilization. That's why if you look at protein pump inhibitors, one of the main side effects is what? Infections. Infections. Because right. you take away you take away the amount of stomach acid needed to sterilize what's going in. And remember, and the reason why you see so many immune reactions that happen that when something passes into the small and large intestine, because you can sometimes have infected, even organic perfect food can still be infected because let's say I had an organic apple sitting right here. If I eat that and I don't sterilize it going from my stomach to my small intestine, even if it, even if it doesn't have to be broken down, I now create immune reactions that happen very easily. And then also too, without stomach acid, you're gonna to start to actually get things fermented too early. That's why when people eat, they say, oh, look at, I'm so full. You did not eat 26 feet of food. You just start fermenting that food way too early because when stomach acid opens up, it's like this. Um, I love going to Montana. We have an office out there at Cali Spell. They have the beautiful whitefish mountain. And you go up the top of the mountain, you ski. Imagine being halfway up the hill, halfway down the hill, and all of a sudden you turn on this big avalanche coming down. You're not going to sit and watch the avalanche. You're going to head down as quickly as possible down that mountain. When stomach acid is released from the stomach into the small intestine, what do you think the bacteria do? They're forced down where they belong, which is more in the large intestine. That's why it's allowed. It's called the large intestine because as fermentation happens, there is an expansion, which we want to be expanded. You want to, you want to ferment that fiber. You want to ferment that food. We produce B vitamins and other factors in there. So, you, so therefore, we have too much bacteria happen at the beginning. So yes, a combination of stomach acid, now bile is released, now drunk. I'm a very big fan of bile salts, ox bile, because even if you do have a gallbladder, now, because you know why, it gives your gallbladder, once again, it causes a little bit of stimulation. And remember, you do get bile sludge. You need to get it released because a lot of people have gone vegan and you can't get a lot of good fat soluble vitamins, which are really needed to sensory, to trigger the sensory aspect of the gallbladder. And so when people move more towards a vegetarian taste diet, I said, listen, you may want to take some bile salts because number one, you need to stimulate the gallbladder to release some of that. But, but high stomach acid does a wonderful job because bile also neutralizes the stomach acid as it comes in. Well, then would you then recommend the HCL betaine then for everybody? I think that is and one. not everybody, but I'm just saying a majority of people who are suffering with their gut. I can honestly tell you that that's the most overlooked thing in all of natural health. Everybody's so worried about the small and large intestine and leaky gut. I'm like, listen, you're missing the amount of acidity needed in your stomach. And this constant basic stuff really drives me nuts. Because if your stomach is basic, you're going to be very sick. If you're drinking kagan water at a, at a pH, making it very basic, or you're drinking baking soda water all the time, it's going to be very devastating for your overall health. Too many people focus on leaky gut and forget about how important the stomach really is. And you can see a lot of conditions, including SIBO, including allergies, including a lot of things, just by having proper digestion of the proteins, because undigested proteins move in the small intestine, you're gonna get more immune reactions. Undigested proteins move in your bloodstream, you're gonna have major inflammatory things. Undigested proteins and unsterilized sugars and fats move into the small and large intestine are gonna create massive inflammatory things that are gonna to lead to leaky gut, and you just miss this aspect of the stomach. So everybody's running towards leaky gut, leaky gut, leaky gut, I'm going, Man, if you just had good stomach acid, and stomach acid has changed so easily by even the amount of mental stress that both men and women have. Women are much more affected by stress than men are. Their hormonal system is very depleted by a lot of uh, stress. Men are a little strengthened during stress, but both biologically, we both reduce stomach acid the minute that we move into psychological or physical stress. Mm. 
stress, boy, that's a whole hour or two uh, topic. Another thing you mention in your social media is the sleep requirements are different for men and women. Yes. And every husband listening is thinking, oh, how does my wife sleep so much? And the wife's thinking, how do you sleep so little? So God, address that. Well, if we look at just the basic circadian rhythm of both men and women, they're very similar. But if you look at one thing that men don't have to deal with compared to women do is hormonal reserves. So if you look at what it takes, and that's why I'm very big on women um, getting to bed between 9 and 10, because there's, there's growth hormone that's released. Um, there's a, a buildup of reserve of hormone that you guys need to build up more than we do. Um, our life is very good if we can stimulate some testosterone production. And we just need a little bit of brain hormone and specific cholesterols and some minerals, and we can produce hormones at a very high rate. Women do not have the luxury that men do of doing that. And a lot of those hormones start to build up in their reserves based on the sleep patterns and the circadian rhythm. So I just looked at the circadian rhythm of women, circadian rhythm of the men. I looked at the fact that what it takes for us to get our, our production and hormones. And guys really can get away with very minimal sleep compared to women. And so therefore, I said, listen, as a doc giving guiding patients, um, I looked at women's health just changing just from getting good sleep. Do you understand? If there's one thing I would say that everybody, women need to take very seriously is their sleep, especially when they go to bed and when they wake up. Um, they need it much differently than men. We cannot treat a male patient the same as we can treat a female patient. It biologically doesn't make any sense. And therefore, even how testosterone affects us compared to women, even how estrogens affect males compared to females, it's dramatically different. And the, re the rate of demand on their cortisol compared to men is dramatically different because women need higher level progesterones, which now can be stolen by cortisol and everything. So I want to make sure that there's a cortisol reserve and everything being built up compared to men. Testosterone isn't directly connected to cortisol. So therefore, guess what? We can get away with a lot more than women can. Women need the appropriate time to build up hormone reserves so they can deal with the day because they, their body will respond to it physiologically much different than women ever, than guys ever will. What do you think for women, let's say in their 40s and even men, what lab work do you think is important? Do you like the saliva test? Do you like the Dutch test? Do you like blood work so for men and women? What I did is, and, and let's, do you mind if I tell a quick story about that? Uh, we've got nothing but time. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> when, I was, when I was young as a practitioner, um, my focus coming out of school was actually children because my history was based on psychiatric things that happened to myself. And I figured it out through nutrition and natural health um, how to get that back to normal. But then I, I, I sat back as I still disagreed with everybody that the medical field was teaching because by far, even since I was a kid and I'm 48, it's been dominant and it's gotten more dominant over the last 20 years. And we've seen that over the last yes. three years. And they, with the exception of acute care, they give really bad advice. Uh, every, the medical profession gives really bad health advice. They give, sometimes they give great life-saving advice, but they give really poor health advice. So therefore, I started to look into the things of normalizing certain things. And I, then I met this woman that had endometriosis. And they told her that she couldn't have kids. And she was very sick. She was only 22 years old. And so what I did is I said, can I see your lab work? And so she sent me her lab work. And therefore, all I saw in there was something that changed my life forever because I realized that their view, especially when they even deal with certain conditions, um, when they're trying to manage your health or manage anything that way, their, their testing is extremely incomplete. Now, what do I mean by that? This woman suffered severely from ulcerative colitis, cystic acne, cluster headaches, and endometriosis. Well, when you, in, in dominant endometriosis, um, we know this, even as a health coach, you know this, if we were to look at some of the basic hormones that are dominant, there's a little bit more of the estrogen. So I actually got her labs and I realized that their view of hormones is extremely incomplete. Now, what do I mean? Well, I'm going to say a statement that's going to stimulate some thought, but I want you to run with me on this. I started to, because I've learned in my graduate and graduate degree and going through chiropractic school, I learned just like every other doctor does about hormones. But then what I realized was that the public and women today, and that's why it's going to freak women out a little bit when I talk about this, is not only are they dramatically misled when it comes to hormones, they're actually lied to. For example, um, we understand that testosterone makes me who I really am. Now, we have all the other hormones like women do, but there's a predominant dominant hormone when it comes to women. And, that's, and, and, that, and, women, and if I ask women that, they'll say it's estrogen. And my response to them is quickly this. Estrogen is not a hormone. It's not. It's not a hormone. Oh, let me so explain. Is estradiol the hormone? Okay, here's what happens. You're on the right track. Estrogen is a term that describes many hormones. So then what okay. happens is this. So then when you see women's blood work, um, they measure one, maybe two. Well, that would be me trying to make a judgment on somebody's body with incomplete information. 
yet they're willing right. to change you hormonally and psychologically with medications without with an incomplete view. So when I did, as I looked at it, I said, where's the rest of your estrogens? And she didn't even know what I was talking about. So I said, we have estrone, we have estriol, but then we have all the other ones that you can only get through the urine. So I started calling labs and said, can we measure this? And the lab said, yes, we can, but why? And insurance doesn't pay for it. And I said, right. listen, I have a woman who's suffering badly who cannot have children that is curled up in a ball every month when she gets her period. And that woman ended up being my wife of now 22 years. <laughs> well, isn't that cute? And we, have tw- and, we have four, and we have four beautiful daughters. It worked out fine. Yes. Look and that, at you. That, and that started my adventure of realizing that women are not getting their hormones tested properly. In 24 years, I still haven't seen it happen yet. Because in order to properly get their hormones tested, they need blood and urine together. And, okay. and, and believe it or not, saliva to me is only really good if you're going to do bioidentical hormones or, for example, it's cortisol. But you can get right. a better form that's of... What, that's what I was figuring. Yeah. 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 But the idea is this, is I'd rather see it done in the blood and urine because you get metabolites and everything like that, even progesterone, even cortisol metabolites. Uh, progesterone, once again, cannot be measured in the urine. Uh, neither can DHEA. So therefore, you need a combination test. And so when I go speak oh, at medical, okay. so I go speak at medical seminars or natural seminars or get interviewed, nobody disagrees with the assessment of how I evaluate patients because I do the most complete testing as done on the planet, and that's what made me popular on social media. And everybody comes along, and the medical doctor goes, "Well, he's not wrong." And the health coach comes along and says, "Yeah, it's pretty darn good testing." This, this, because I'm speaking universally of saying, "Listen, if we want to evaluate women properly in their hormones." Why would we ever just measure a couple of them instead of having a complete view, which some of these metabolites and some of these other hormones can be very devastating, both physically and psychologically. So why are we leaving them out? Well, they're leaving it out because there is no medical treatment and insurance doesn't pay for them. Well, should that be why Mm -hmm. we assess women or should we assess them because we're trying to accomplish good health outcomes with them? Well, I mean, we know that with all of big pharma, that that's why... I, I tell people to get a fasting insulin because that, yep. as Dr. Ben Bickman says in yep. his book, Why We Get Sick, it's the most predictive thing about your health for 15 years yep. even. And people ask me all the time, Lisa, why won't my doctor test it? I go, because there's no drug for it if your exactly. fasting insulin's high. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's cause and effect. People follow the money. But now if we could then break down what, so someone who, and we'll send them to your social media, they can maybe... Can they order the blood work from you or they have to, in their state, get their provider to write no, it, here, the here's prescription a, for the blood work? Let's, let's give you this example. Number one, you do not need any provider or any doctor to ever get you a lab, period. Okay. Well, well, wait, wait. Are you for sure on that? Then how is it? Why is it we have to practically arm wrestle somebody, kick them in the ovaries to get anything done around here? Well, that's because everybody wants it covered by insurance. Do you know what oh, I'm okay. See, that's the Got thing. It. Like, for example, Again. The, the blood work that I just wrote up right here, it's just simple. Yes. It, it, I know it's, you won't be able to see it, but I, if you go to my Instagram, Dr. Patrick Flynn, and just any of my videos, type in BW, blood work. Okay? You can take okay. this to any lab. You can even take it to your primary provider and try to get them to cover it. It's just blood work. Yeah. But it's very complete, as you can see. And I will just slowly, but I'll just tell you the values. For example, TSH, T3, T4, free T3, free yes. T4. Yes. T3 uptake, cortisol, TGB, the TPO antibody, TGB antibody, ferritin, vitamin D, progr- uh, pregnenolone, DHEA, estradiol, estrone, estriol, sex hormone binding globulin, testosterone free in total, um, progesterone, um, DHT, fasting insulin, CRP, and the CBC and CMP. So if you look at it this way, that gives us such a global view because here's what happens from a functional standpoint of what's going on with the part of the body. Now, on top of it, this is still an incomplete view of a male and female hormones because you need to get the urine work done to see hormones like 4-hydroxyesterone and estradiol. And most women are going, what are you talking about? What are those? So are, are those the pathways? Or yes. Or is that part of the pathway? Because a, okay. lot of, a lot of women and men do not realize this. Production on hormones is really not the problem with most people. It's hormone metabolism to the right forms that they want to get. And usually some deficiency or toxicity leads to those things being off, which there's no medical provider that ever digs those. It's the health coaches and natural coaches like us and natural providers like us that are trained into digging to them. And then I happen to know, and I did this with all the labs, I even taught them what herbs and different things you can do to support those pathways. And that's what's made me kind of a little bit more known all over the world too, because 
Doctors use drugs to manipulate those pathways. But what if I told you we could restore those pathways? New location alert, new location alert. The folks at David's Burgers have a brand new location. And really, it's across the street from the original one. And it's the two-story building there where Hobby Lobby is. For those of you in central Arkansas, that's Markham and Bowman. And of course, efficiency is the name of the game with the folks at David's Burgers. You know that they're very family friendly. They're closed on Sundays because they're worshiping with their family. Hope you do too. And they give back to charitable organizations and projects in the state. And that's what I love about them, whether it deals with adoption or foster care, because they are both adoptive and foster care families. They have six handsome boys, uh, Jesse and Alan Bubbis do. And of course, Mr. Bubbis, David Bubbis, you'll see him at the different locations. Now, the different locations have something that's kind of new in their inventory that you can take advantage of. You can buy the steaks, take them home, cook them yourself. And that's for those of you traveling from out of state that want to come to David's Burgers. I say bring a freezer (laughs) and you've got it in your trunk and you can take some of the steaks home. But quality food all the time, delicious burgers, hamburger steak. The kids might want the grilled cheese. You can get free ice cream every time and endless fries. DavidsBurgers.com. Let's have a little civics lesson right now and what your county and city taxes go to. This is not a political conversation. This is math. Uh, They often provide financial resources for dog shelters in your community. That's why I've been asking you to go to dogtalktv.com because when you buy books there, which who doesn't love books and who doesn't want to learn more about dogs, you are actually helping the dog rescues. Kind of a difference sometimes between the shelters and the rescues. And the rescues that I'm talking about in central Arkansas don't get any funding. So whatever they get from things like dogtalktv.com, because the proceeds of those books go to the local rescues, that and, you know, some other donations they get, it's difficult for them. It's been very challenging for them since 2020. So that's why I am making a plea to you to go to dogtalktv.com, buy some of the books there. You're learning about dog breeds that are good with certain uh, temperaments. You're educating your children about animals. The books are beautiful about dogs and colorful and interesting and all the things. In fact, I buy the books and I give them then to the local facilities in town that have long-term healthcare clients, um, the children's hospital, things like that. And I have some here for my grandchildren. You could do the same thing, but you got to do it right now. Go to the link in the show notes, but it's dogtalktv.com. I think we're all for it. Exactly. I think women especially are so desperate, so hungry to be heard, Mm -hmm. to be recognized, finding someone who speaks their language. I I think we're totally all on board. Yep. Um, One thing you do mention there, and I I still haven't understood its role, uh, pregnant. How do you say that word? Pregnello. Yep. Yep. That one. I need to know about that. And the sex hormone binding globulin. I know that's an important marker, but I still haven't grasped it. So kind of uh, be my teacher here. So if you think this way, pregnenolone is the mother of all hormones. If you ever look at when you're going to produce a hormone, it's the first one produced and then they're converted and metabolized into other forms. That's why it's called the mother hormone. And one of the major backbones for pregnenolone is cholesterol. Oh, Let me say I love again. cholesterol. Cholesterol. <laughs> but we've been yeah. demonizing cholesterol for 50 years based on uh, a bunch of fraud. Uh, when they when they're, and drugs. Yes. And and you got to remember it's a it's a it's a it's a billions and we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars system that way. They're yes. not just going to give up on it. And the concept yeah. of indirect people say, "Well, doc, you know, wouldn't you agree that, you know, some form of ApoB a part of the LDL complex is a contributing factor to um to um, heart disease. Yes, it is. But let me explain. So is some form of inflammation and so is oxygen. Well, then instead of just lowering all LDL levels, why don't we just get rid of all the oxygen in from somebody? See, it's the same kind of concept. So there are are levels of LDL um, in certain forms that need to make sure that they're regulated, but they just drop them all with uh, statin drugs. So they're really creating a lot of health problems. And this concept, these integrative doctors saying that we need to drive LDL, um, we can do everything natural, but we need to drive LDL down as low as possible. 
Um, you know, here's one thing where I think um, the natural world very differs from the medical world. And even some of the natural people don't understand this fully. Your body doesn't make mistakes. It doesn't. It doesn't make mistakes. See, even I, when I watch natural practitioners talk about autoimmune disease is where the immune system makes a mistake. It does not. It recognizes that that tissue, even though you can't explain it, recognizes it as unself. And because you don't have the tools and technology to dig and find out what's going on, you say the immune system attacks. It's, no, you actually think that we're a broken down machine. If you understand the complexity of just the, the female ovary, you would understand that it's quite genius. What the body's trying to do is trying to adapt. If you ever look at what you, if you want to live longer, get your body to adapt to all the stressors within the environment, internal and external, and that's how you regenerate and that's how you live the longest you possibly can. Because if you can't adapt to cold weather, you're going to die. If you can't adapt to hot weather, you're going to die. Your body's in a constant form of adaptation and most diseases are nothing more than a survival mechanism for you to adapt and live as long as possible. But the sad part is during adaptation, you could create a crisis of fire. And that's where we, we look at like the body made such a big mistake. Now, we don't, the body doesn't make mistakes you do and how you treat it, and therefore it's going to respond to what you do. Is there an alternative for people, uh, I mean, present company included with her high cholesterol, but again, low fasting insulin, low blood pressure is 100 over 70. I mean, all the other risks. Yeah. But I love my high cholesterol. But my provider's now saying, well, why don't we look at your ApoB? profile. Is that a blood lab yes, work blood that lab I would work. have done? Okay. If, if anybody makes a judgment on statin drugs or any evidence of dealing with um, cholesterol panel without an ApoB and other LDL markers, I believe once again is doing an incomplete view and an injustice to put a person on a medication that alters your liver, causes not only physical but psychiatric reactions as part of the side effects that way. Once again, I have no problem with medications if you understand the consequences of your actions. And the consequence except that this thing is normal is, is misleading the public. It's misleading. I'd rather have people have all the information, but how can you give them all information when it won't even test what's needed for them to have a clear picture? And we know this in great detail. If all you have to do is look at ApoB and just look at this contributing, because once it's a protein that allows absorption within the vessel walls and stuff, and that's why you want to keep that at a better level, which is more of a, a, a marker of atherosclerosis than anything else. But, but on top of that, you could have a, a high ApoB and never delve atherosclerosis because you also need some inflammatory things and you also need oxygen. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's why I kind of laugh when yeah. they pick on mm -hmm. LDL. It's like in their own. Yeah. And the majority, now I will say this, the majority, not all, but let's speak about the rules, not the exceptions, because what people like to do in healthcare is talk about exceptions. I'm like, that's not the rules. Do you know what I'm saying? Because there are, you know, you know, hypercholesteremia that does happen. That's a that's an exception, mm -hmm. not the rule. Okay. But if you look at your lipid panel in general, including ApoB. There's a significant amount of things that leave you in control to change that. If I can convince you that something is genetic and you're out of control, that means you have to come to this expert and only drugs and surgery can manipulate your body to make sure that you can survive. That is complete misleading. And for the small fraction that that could possibly be possible for, don't generalize that to everybody. Okay. Second of all, here, if you look at just people say, well, doc, if you look at the markers, people say I have high cholesterol. My first question is, do you have high toll? Do you have high LDL? Do you have high, do you have high HDL? Do you have high triglycerides? Because that does determine. Because here's what happens. A lot of people have a high panel based on just too much sugar consumption. Too much sugar consumption. Now, you'll see sometimes in statin medication advertisements, they'll say, you know, if diet and exercise doesn't work, that can happen. They say, doc, what do you mean? LDL can actually be elevated just from the demand of the production or regeneration of your body. For example, we know this. LDL is a major carrier protein that mobilizes cholesterol to all parts of the body. And so does HDL, it does the same thing. Uh, it's just that here's what happens with LDL. LDL has such, you know, uh, a variety of them, uh, all down, even down to, it's called VLDL, all down to, um, different different sizes and there's different particle sizes but here's the point think of this the body doesn't make mistakes if you look at a cyclic woman do you understand when you measure a woman's lipid panel should always be very consistent on where they are during their cycle because if there's a high demand for estrogens or if there's high demand for progesterones remember i told you the major hormone pregnenolone you need cholesterol that means your body has to mobilize cholesterol into the bloodstream mobilize cholesterol into the bloodstream Wait, 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 again, mobilize cholesterol into the bloodstream. So if it elevates, there's also a demand 
that your body needs cholesterol. And if you have any inflammation, you have any, you have any healing process, you have any demand hormonally, you have high stress, LDL can elevate. That's a life saving thing. Now, yes, if you have high inflammation and you're damaging interior aspects of your epithelium, if you're vitamin E deficient, okay, in your, in your arterial wall, you can have inflammatory things that all of a sudden that things are passing through there. And here's what happens. People, I want to give you a different perspective when it comes to placking. Okay. I love a calcium score. I do. I think a calcium score, which can only be done medically. It's a simple scan. Yes, there's radiation. I still think it's a life-saving thing. Um, if you start to see calcification of the arteries, which is a very predictor of atherosclerosis, here's what happens. People, oh my God, oh my goodness, look at the, look at the placking. Well, here's what happens. That's not good because it can build up and eventually clog an artery and that's a bad day. But I want you to think about this. I want you to imagine this. Um, I live in the country and I have a wonderful garden and you got to run the hose out there. And this happened literally the other day. And all of a sudden I turn the hose on and all of a sudden there's this straight up, there's this, there's a straight up little thing, something poked a hole in the hose and it was leaking. You know what had been really cool? If that hose had an intelligence like our body did and used something to plug that hole up. See, I would rather end up having placking than rupture the artery. Okay. Okay. Now, because the placking, do you think the placking just magically went there for unknown purposes? Now, Durang, that placking can build up and kill you. So you don't want to even have the situation of having plaque there. But don't demonize in the plaque. That's like showing up at a crime scene and saying the cops did it because they were there first. You saying? No, there's a crime yeah. scene. The plaque came in and said, I got to plug you. Otherwise, you're going to spurt. You're going to rupture. You're going to leak into the system. See, but we don't think this way. We think the body's not intelligent. So therefore, it's like, yep, there we go. It's like, no, 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 they're wrong. If you continue the same habits that led to that inflammatory response and high levels of LDL and high levels of VLDL and things like that, it's going to be a bad day. But the idea is this, to, to automatically demonize it and put you on a stat and say, listen, you have two choices. You're either going to change things dramatically, otherwise you are going to be on pharmaceuticals. And there's a certain amount of population that will always take pharmaceuticals because they're lazy as hell. Now, I, I know probably everybody loved that interview until I just said that right there. But you being a health no, coach- but you being a health truth. coach, you understand that a true doctor, a true coach is nothing more than a guide. Because you know what happens to this? We can, we can go into the detail of testing, natural remedies, all these things. But if they don't take the action steps, there's nothing we can do. The concept of healthcare says, I am the expert. Just listen to what I tell you to do and everything will work out. Really? Since when do drugs and surgery change that placking? Do you understand? Because even if you no. do this, if you take a statin, it doesn't reduce the placking. It doesn't. Well, but what does then? That's well, what I was wondering. Let's say somebody goes for this CAC score yep. and they do see something and it's not surgery. Yep. You know, they don't have to have a procedure, which you, the heart hospital is hoping you have to have the, that's what they're sure. betting on. But how do they revert, reverse the placking? Well, here's what happens. Think about this. You have to ask why the placking get there in the first place. As you know, there's one thing that every health coach, medical doctor, natural doctor, chiropractor, osteopath, foot doctor, dentist will agree upon. The start of every condition has some inflammatory response. Right. So it's very important to dig to every patient's inflammatory issues. Now for regeneration and repair, we know this. Your vitamin E is extremely important for the regeneration inside your epithelial line. Nitric oxide is, okay? Also, here's what happens. People do not realize this. If you look at the combination of bone density, if you look at even placking itself, there is actually forms of calcium in there. That's why the calcium score test is, that's why it shows up that way. Because the artery, the, hard, the artery is actually hardening. But if you ever think this way, what is the major fat-soluble vitamin that helps you determine where your calcium should go? Your is vitamin that E? Vitamin K2. Oh, that's, why that's what we take with our vitamin D. Right, because vitamin D, once again, and I will give Mercola some great thing about this because he really brought vitamin D to the world. But what they did is they started to give yeah. vitamin D and it starts to mobilize a lot of your calcium. And that's why they talk about hypercalcemia. And then what ends up happening is this. Now, it can, no joke, and if you just take vitamin D alone, you could end up with a kidney stone if you have some kidney damage or sugar is too high. So what they did is they started adding okay. K2 because vitamin D mobilizes the calcium, but K2 helps you get it to where it belongs. So most people are very K2 deficient in their diet because they're not eating sauerkraut and other fermented products or, or fermented raw cheeses that are fantastic for you because most people have a standard American diet, the SAD diet, which is very deficient in our fat sub vitamins. They're missing vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K, vitamin K2, vitamin E. 
And so therefore, we, we, we set ourselves up for inflammatory things and also deficiencies that lead to arterial disease. And now you have oxygen and, and LDL coming around, and now it's a bad day. See, so that's why you need to be guided by <laughs> yeah. somebody that's actually a, a good yeah. person that understands not only the fact that, hey, listen, always think about this. If there's a fire and you have a heart attack and stroke, do every drug and surgery you need to stay alive. But then once you are right. stable, please do me a favor. Find a carpenter type practitioner and work on rebuilding. And work on rebuilding takes that person and you together. There is no one-way street. This is a, I would tell people, I'm a, I'm a tour guide. Jump on the bus. I'll give you the greatest tour in your life. But you still have to get on the bus. I can't make you get on the bus. It's the getting on the bus that sometimes gets pushed back from family members because they think you're wacko. You're not because you're not following a conventional well, route. So I, I do understand people get pushed back from Lisa, peers. let me, let me interject you on this. So I got interviewed when um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Andrew Wakefield came out with their fertility movie. Okay. And I was the last practitioner. They had medical doctor had this, and then they had the lonely chiropractor. Now, once again, my background is also <laughs> immunology and also nutrition. Um, and my postgraduate work is uh, in nutrition, immunology, and things like that. So, yeah, people can argue my education a little bit that way. But here's the point. You know, and, and it's cool. But they put me at the end because here's what happens. I even said this. I said, whenever you can't argue the message, you have to argue with the messenger. And so, therefore, you saw that even over COVID over the last three years. But I have a yeah. simple question for everybody. If they're so right, how are we doing? Heart disease, diabetes, cancer, infertility, uh, um, uh, infections, everything go up every single year. I've always said this. Every year. The medical field and the weathermen are the only two people that can be dramatically wrong all the time. People still go back for their advice. Yeah. You Sam? And so therefore, just look at what we're <laughs> yes. doing. If, you, if they're so right and I'm so wrong, how are we doing? I would tell people, I started out with one office and $500 in December 27, 1999 with just all these ideas of physiology and function, I really haven't changed practice in 24 years. The only thing that's really changed is some labs have come out to give us a little better evaluation of some things. But as far as the clinical realm, yeah. because the function of the body is always the same, it's always normal. We know what happens during fight or flight. We know what happens during biochemistry of female male hormones. We know this stuff, but here's the point. The stuff I'm talking about would not be even existent if they were right. You and I and other people that have a different perspective exist because they have failed dramatically. If you don't believe that they have failed, look at what we've done. And where people try to defend them is they look and go, but the doctor saved my dad's life. Yeah, but the doctor that led your dad to develop all those conditions was in the same field that actually caused your dad to actually need them to actually save their life 50 years later. If they've been listened to me or you or somebody else guide them, the rate of that kind of illness would not only be prolonged because everybody eventually is going to get some disease and die. It's just that which you look, when I was a kid, grandma and grandpa got sick. When I was at started practice, type two diabetes was called adult onset. Within five years, they had right. to change that because it was moved down to younger generations. So if you guys are so smart, why are we so busy? And why are we getting clinical results where you are not? Well, it's also <laughs> the mouthpiece of the other side, meaning people, yep big pharma, big food yep. is so loud that my father-in-law is watching CNN literally so loud that when yep. you call in, that's all you hear. And he's the one that says, run for the hills. You've got to take a statin and you have to take a COVID vaccine. It's yep. because of the message. It, it, and I do think younger generations are more skeptical yep. and have more cynicism to say, you know what? That hadn't really fared well for us. So maybe I am going to try something else. So maybe they're there is hope for our future yep. with, with younger generations. Yeah, and if you think of it this way, you've been doing this for a long time, so I started fighting back in college for healthcare freedom. I do not like people saying medical freedom because medical is actually the opposition we are going against. Healthcare is not medical, okay? Healthcare is healthcare. Oh, okay. So people say, yeah. I'm fighting for yeah. medical freedom. I said, don't, why would they already have freedom? Stop fighting for them. Start fighting for healthcare freedom. <laughs> they do, yeah. Because they're trying to do yeah. medical forcing, not medical freedom. Okay, because if you choose medical as your healthcare, you will end up a statistic like one out of two of you will end up with heart yeah. disease, one out of three you end up with cancer, yeah. one out of four you end up, the majority of people are obese and not doing things, they don't have right. And see, that's what I tell people. And, and people say, well, you come off a little bit you know, angry. I said, listen, you should be angry. Over the last three years, they tried to force something that now is causing massive blood clots. And one of my favorite doctors, who I know and respect massively, is Dr. Peter McAuliffe. Go talk, go see what happens to him. Mm -hmm. And he's seen publishing paperwork on massive blood clots and all these problems. You don't have to be a 
rocket scientist to understand that when you stick something inflammatory in the system that even tell you that's inflammatory right. and all these negative things happening that way, it's like, it's just that what happens is this. We've so led and we've, we've been misled by people thinking they're experts. You know how you become an expert? Someone just says you are. That's it. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> That's it. No joke. Look at right. it. Say you're an expert. Well, yeah. where, where'd you go to school for an expert? You didn't. Someone just says you are. That's it. See, it's, it's, that's why it's kind of funny. It's like people give you that title. It's like, no, it's like, uh, and, and remember, and I always tell people, how, how are we doing Listen to those kind of experts? If, 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 if they were so right, why are we so sick? And see, that's, I said, oh. and, and then they ended the movie yeah. on that way going, the documentary going, hey, listen, it's true. If they're so right, why do we have more? The, whenever healthcare that we currently have moves into other countries, it gets worse for them. But see what they do, yeah. and here's, here's, their, here's their thing, but they saved a life. Well, great. I think we should have emergency rooms and then practitioners like us. Yeah, right. That's right. I totally agree. Now, I've been a part of the fasting religion since yep. 2017. How, yep. how long have you been a part of our club here? Because I noticed you did push the 72-hour fast, which I try to well, do a couple times a year. Okay. I'm happy you said religion. Okay. I would, in my, whole career, in my whole career, I've never encouraged a woman to go over 18 hours of fasting. I think it's detrimental to their health. Okay. Now- oh, what? I know, I know, I know that you, you have to watch the material when it comes to fasting that way. Because here's what happens. Let's go back to this. I think it's essential for males to do it on a regular basis. I think that um, you, it's, it, but let's go back from here's the standpoint. Um, whenever you look at what happens, now remember, you know this, so I'm going to walk you through this. The minute you start passing that 18 hour mark, um, as far as fasting, what hormone starts to elevate to make sure that your blood sugar stays normal within your system? Cortisol. They know that it's, it's simple biochemistry. Now right. here's where, what, what I taught you before, and this is what made me biologically. And you know this, cause you already said the Dutch test. You always said you, you, you and here's one thing I want to correlate with you. Whenever cortisol goes up, it has an inverse relationship with progesterone. Right. And you understand that progesterone not only is needed cyclically, that's why when women fast or in the wrong times or go for extended period of times, they start to lower their hormones. So therefore, a lot of women, because of the obesity epidemic, they actually, you know, have enough fat to compensate for it. But yeah. relatively consistently, you know, women fasting for over 18 hours. And, and remember, and I tell people, fasting, once again, is not time-restricted eating. Time-restricted eating is different than fasting. Fasting, you have to go a significant amount of time, 24 to actually 72 hours, to truly be, your body be in a physiologically fasting state. Okay, okay? Right. I see that. And because you know, people realize this, the transit time is something when you eat something, it takes anywhere from 24 to 72 hours. So you can eat something right now, yeah. and you're still eating for the next 72 hours, okay? So that's why yeah. I tell guys, you need to fast for at least 72 hours, because when they do fast, once again, there is massive benefit to a guy's body. Now, I think time-restricted eating for women is fantastic, but here's what happens. You know this. You know this. If you did a if you did a cortisol test, either by Dutch test or even by saliva, and you have elevated cortisol cortisol in the morning, ladies, the last thing you want to do is fast in the morning because you know why? You're going to drive your cortisol up and you're going to steal from your hormones. You're going to lower your anabolic hormones. So it's very difficult for me to to watch women fast for a long period of time because then they may see weight loss, they may see other things because cortisol does jump up and you do have mobilization of fat and you get to use that for energy. But the sad part is this, when I've actually had women fast because they had an ulcer or something, I also let them know that it could throw off their cycle, could deplete some of their hormones, and it did. And so I just have a very hard time encouraging women to go beyond time-restricted feeding due to the fact that it's going to deplete their progesterones, especially if they're cyclic. Do I think that menopausal women can get away with more time-restricted yeah. eating and fasting than, than um, a cyclic woman? I do, because they, they need less progesterone, but they also have less to give away too. Yeah. And maybe that's it. I didn't um, join the cult until um, I was postmenopausal. And so right. I, I hadn't seen any problems, but I've heard Dr. Mindy Pels talk about her Fast Like a Girl book and series that she talks about. It is looking at where you are in your cycle. So I do want to make sure that uh, people right. recognize that. And the other thing about cortisol is it also makes us insulin resistant immediately. And so that could then be it could be counterproductive for somebody who's trying to get into the fasted state, yet they're pushing out too much cortisol, which pushes their insulin up, which makes their blood glucose go up. So right. 
I that's, can see that. And that's why I think women have to really get their cortisol levels tested for the four samples. I believe that they have to get their hormones tested. Um, now, Daron, if you have something like PCOS, I'm going to have a person time restrict feed a little bit longer because you you need to yeah. drop you need to you need to drop those sugar yeah. levels, which is important. And mm-hmm. see, that's what it is. It's case by case. The the aspect of everybody fasting the same way to me is is doesn't make any biological sense. Um, and, and once again, and men can get away with a lot more bad stuff than women can. That's why I've really focused on women's health and trying to give them the detail that they needed because they have a lot more complications than men do because when their hormones go off, um, there's a lot more physical and psychological things that can change. And as women, and here's one thing that I learned at a young age, obviously because of my wife and studying hormones the way I did, is women's hormones change four times in a month. That means a woman that's cyclic, um, she's going to have both physical and mental things that change every single week. That's why I tell people a woman is going to have physical changes like their breast size changes. They're actually their, their butt size changes every single week. That's why a woman judging their weight by their scale isn't a good thing to do. Second of all, they're going to have psychological changes. That means a woman is going to have emotional changes every single month. And that's why when women come to you and say, doc, I feel like I'm unstable. I said, welcome to be a woman because there is no such thing as a mentally stable woman. It's impossible. It's physiologically impossible. <laughs> It, I mean, I, I'm not offended by that statement. Yeah. I support that statement. Well, it's true, though. During, during our, yes, during our cycle, there are four women that live yes. inside this body. Because yep. that first week, you feel great. The second week, the, then the, by the time your period starts, you are a, I was a raging lunatic. Well, I don't know about the rest And to go back to the fasting thing, because I want to comment on this. I've been doing this for a long, long, long time. And there has been, Dr. Minion, and other people that have, have, have looked at my stuff. And I was the first person, honestly, to ever teach people how to exercise during their cycle, how, the, how to um, eat during their cycle. Because remember, do you understand, as a woman's hormones change, her nutritional demands change every week. That's why when yeah, people, oh, tell yeah. me, people tell me that they have the same thing, but guys, a woman's exercise, their food, their, all things have to change every week. And that's the detail of a woman when they're cyclic. And that's why we see so much infertility because we're trying to do the same things all the time to a woman. A man's hormones actually stay very stable through the month, so they don't need to do as much changes. And, so they, and then, then you throw in the mental stress, there's times that women have to be very careful of their mental and physical stress to their body because they can deplete their hormones. So that's why if you think about it this way, mm-hmm. that's why I've always had a little bit more empathy for women on the health realm because their their body is much more sensitive, which is a great thing. It makes them have wonderful characteristics and you'd be able to give life because it's a very sensitive thing, but then also developing a healthy baby that way. So I just watch when people just generalize things for women and in fasting and nutrition and exercise, I, I and it frustrates me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Tell me the documentary that you are part of with uh, RFK. Um, do me a favor. I, it's, gonna, it's embarrassing to tell you this. If you go on Children's Health Defense, you'll see everything on there. I was interviewed on there a couple times, and you'll see the okay. fertility. is they were, they were promoting their fertility thing, and so they used my clip to be a part of that. And you'll see my interview with one of their uh, – their, uh, um, it's on Children's right. Health Defense on RFK's uh, website. Okay. Um, I am going to put all this in the show notes, yes. uh, your social media, international speaker, best-selling author, founder of At The Wellness Way, all that's in the show notes. Um, I I mean, we could talk for hours, but you know, I'm sure you have a line of other important people, really important people to talk to. So I appreciate you carving out this time. Let me just tell you, yep. it, it was easier for people to... Um, <laughs> reach the White House than it was to get an interview with you. I had to go through a screening. I yes. had they had to look at my social media. Uh, Aaron had to call me on the phone. We had to see if I, I even could make the cut. Well, let me I, let me let me. So I, I, I do have I to say you. something about that. I do have to say something about that because there's a story that you probably don't know about. Okay, um, it's not a joke. Aaron does. A, she's in this room right now. She has a fantastic she job. She was great. I get I get mass amount of requests every single week. Um, I'm. It's going to sound funny. I may seem like I do a lot of social media. That's not my primary thing. I do have hundreds right. of doctors and I open up more offices every single month, which is my major focus is having the clinical things for people to be able to do. Okay. And so my time, I really like to, to spend a lot of time with my docs and train them, some of that. But then also being on social media, you know, there's people that don't like what I say and there's interviews that people don't like that way. So therefore I've had the FBI show up at my house. Okay. Alrighty. So therefore I'm very big on making sure. Does this make me a target after talking to you then? I, <laughs> Guilty might. by association. And during, I will have to say the FBI was very courteous when they showed up that way, but they, people they? felt during COVID that I was a threat because I was oh. just talking about immunology and I was talking about getting your T cells oh, and lab measured that way. 
But see, they tried to censor you and they tried to create some. Oh, and then, I know. So I'm very I particular know. about it. So I said just that uh, because I love doing interviews. I love talking about stuff. I have enough clinical expertise and enough docs to talk about certain things and stuff. And I stick to what I know and I know well. And so therefore, um, and no joke, and we do get, I'm not joking, 100 requests every single month. I know you do. New podcast away. And so Erin does a great job of doing background checks and, and things like that. So there is a story she behind does. that. So I'm just very particular about those things. Well, I didn't realize the FBI was involved. I figured yes. there was a story behind it, adversarial um, perspective, mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't know the feds came. So, yes. Yes. Uh, and they thank found you out, so and much trust for me, being I, here. They found out I wasn't a right. threat. They realized I'm great for society. Uh, they realized this things. But I once again, when you do speak truth, truth sometimes hurts people. Because when I told people that they should, they should actually have their health care freedom, and I told people that I will fight for freedom, and I will fight for people's right to do whatever they want. I'll fight for your right to get a vaccine. I'll fight for your right to eat everything bad. I'll fight for your right to eat Doritos every night. I'll fight for your right to be obese and sick. I'll fight for your right for every night. That's your choice. That's right. But so therefore, and just because, and I'm okay with your choice. Um, it's just that, but do you also be okay with my choice, not falling into medical tyranny? And as you know, you said you started this back in the nineties. This is not new. They just, everybody just fell for this. No. Right, right. Yep. Okay, Darren's getting nervous that we're going to get political. We're not. So no, never Great political. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com. <laughs>